Hello and welcome back to the No Notes Podcast. I'm JD. And I'm Morgan. This week we have a special topic. It's very near and dear to my heart. Mm. I believe Morgan's as well. Yes. Today we're talking about physical media. Why it's so important. What it is. Do we collect it? So Morgan, when I say physical media, what do you think? How do you describe it? Um, immediately goes to like the 90s in someone's basement with just walls and walls of like VCR tapes. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like I think my fondest memory of any kind of physical media is like going to the Blockbuster. Oh my goodness. And yeah. like getting to just you see so many movies and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like a kid in a candy shop and you get to pick one out and just be like I think being able to physically see it all and like even in their little bitty DVD cases is special <laughs> oh, I think you're so right uh, I mean yeah when we say physical media uh, specifically in this context I mean it's yeah the VCR VHS mm-hmm. DVD Blu-ray Steelbook 4k anything that is a physical copy of a film um, you know, like these are things that have been sold in video stores or rented in video stores for a long time. And now, you know, having physical media is becoming, I think, a little more important because as in a day and age where we consume all of our content from streaming services, mm-hmm. I think you see fewer and fewer people owning physical copies of the movies or the TV shows that they love. And so today we're just going to do dive into all the things that Morgan was just talking about, you know, all of our, the things that we love about physical media, why we think it's so important, um, and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Morgan, you talked about, you know, you imagine like the blockbuster, you imagine the, the just shelves and shelves of VHS tapes. What's your like personal relationship to physical media? How would you describe it beyond just like the memories or the images it brings up? I have never had a huge collection. Um, I think when I was younger, like my family had a bunch and I would always ask for like my favorite movies for Christmas or we would always go to Target on Black Friday and get all of the DVDs that they had. And I was a big fan. We also had family video in Oklahoma, which is a blockbuster. Um, and they would sell, like they would rent movies out a certain amount of times and then they would sell it like used for super cheap. And I would always go to the family video, like on my way home from school and grab like whatever $2 DVDs they had and just buy them. Um, so like I had a little bit, definitely not like a collection, but I had my favorites. I've always had like DVDs of my absolute favorites that I know I'm going to watch again. Um, and I think... There was, like, a good two or three years I was, like, consistently, like, gifts I wanted was DVDs, and I was buying them for myself. And then um, we would always play them in, like, our Xbox or our PlayStation yeah. that my family oh. had. And then I moved out of my family's house, and I didn't have any of those. I didn't even have a TV. I still don't have a TV in my living room. So I, as I've, like, moved back and forth through college and have, like didn't have anything to even play the dvds on i've stopped buying them for the past maybe five years and now that i have a home i want to start buying them again because i miss it and even whenever i didn't even have a, like anything to play a dvd with like i didn't even have one of the plugins like cd players to your laptop i still would carry all of my dvds with me like 
to and from home in college because I just wanted to like see them on my shelf and like it's a great conversation starter and they're it's good little decoration if they're cute and you like take the time and money to buy nice ones so I've always had a really small purposeful collection that I carried around with me but because of moving and technology changing I kind of stopped also I think a big thing that changed I always had like DVDs like the classic DVDs and then Blu-ray came out and I had everything on DVD but I was like oh well now I want everything on Blu-ray and Blu-ray was so expensive when it first came out it was like you could buy a DVD for like eight dollars and a Blu-ray was like eighteen dollars you know from the store so um I kind of got discouraged by the new thing coming out and having so much of the old thing and then like not long after streaming came out and like that kind of influence the die down of me trying thinking it was worth it to buy physical copies of the movies i watched yeah i have a i think a pretty similar relationship to you with all this stuff uh there's something really nostalgic about vhs tapes uh i am i am old enough to have still watched movies on vhs (laughs) and had a vcr uh i'm probably one of the last people who can say that (laughs) i'm yeah like i'm i'm you know 21 going on 22 uh (laughs) on Wednesday Um, and it'll be you know like probably 17 years since I watched my last VHS tape as well Um, but I remember all of the Disney classics we had on VHS all of the original Star Wars trilogy and the prequel trilogy we had on VHS and there's something like I I always get so excited with like the little rectangular tape and getting to put that in Mm -hmm. um having to rewind the tape when it would get loose like I remember my parents teaching me how to do that one of the first (laughs) things I learned how to do was start the the VCR and then we eventually got a DVD player and my parents started buying DVDs of you know again all the Disney movies and the Star Wars movies and Pirates of the Caribbean Mm -hmm. and all these classics and as I got older and started just developing the love for movies uh we didn't have a blockbuster in my hometown in Alabama. I think this might have been as blockbuster was dying out. You know, <laughs> Netflix. I remember ordering DVDs from Netflix when Netflix still mailed you stuff. Nice. Um, every now and then, but the biggest place we would get our DVDs was from the library, the Hoover oh, Public Library. Okay. <laughs> the yeah, the Hoover Library, Hoover, Alabama, had this. It was a massive public library, like two stories <laughs> and just this humongous building. Uh, you know. One of the great things about the Hoover Hoover Municipality was they really invested in their their public library and making sure it was a, a great place with a ton of resources, including an entire section dedicated just to DVDs and VHSs. And they had thousands. Any movie you could have ever heard of. And so we would go to the library and, you know, we would look through books for, for a little while, but I always stopped by the movie section at the end of the nice. trip. <laughs> so I would get, like, one or two movies to rent on DVD. A lot of times with movies that I had seen before that I wanted to watch again, maybe ones that I caught on cable or Disney Channel. But I was like, now I also had access to all the special features, uh, which is another thing we're going to talk about yes. later. Um, and then, you know, got older streaming service comes out you know i remember when my family first got netflix and i was like now here are all these movies i don't have to go to the library they're all right here Mm -hmm. and so that definitely kind of waned down but the ones that i loved i would always ask for for christmas and my birthday on blu-ray and that was when blu-ray was a new thing they were more (laughs) expensive so my parents would get me like one maybe two uh you know like depending on what else i'd ask for as my gift and that was how I started to build my collection up a little bit at a time. And we moved to Georgia, moved to Atlanta, 
and just kind of became a thing. Like, I would always ask for, usually it was, like, the newest Marvel movie or whatever the, you know, latest thing I had seen that I liked was on Blu-ray. But what is what I like so much about Blu-rays and having a Blu-ray collection is the look of them, you know? Mm. So, like, what's so cool about them. Uh, and I remember when we first got our Blu-ray player, you know, my dad would buy movies on Blu-ray, I would have my own movies. And then as I started to build up my own collection... I went and bought myself just the cheapest Blu-ray player I could find. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's like 50 bucks. And I carried it with me when I left my parents' house and then brought it back when I came back to my parents' house where my collection of Blu-rays still resides. And I have uh, right now about 70 Blu-rays Whoa. and a couple other movies on DVD that I've bought over time. Um, where do you get your things now, Morgan, since Blockbuster and Family Video and public libraries aren't really things like where do you go when when you do buy dvds or, or physical media of some kind i have not bought a dvd in like six or seven years oh man so i don't know i know i see um my cousin ashley shout out she has out, those actually. those um really artistic looking uh like metal yes ones. like the steel books right yes I, love I think those. <laughs> that's where I'm leaning because yeah. she has them like, um, like front facing on her wall as like a Ooh, bookshelf, and they look cool. beautiful. And I think just because the con of having a physical media collection is it does take up a lot of room. Mm. Um, but if it looks great and takes up room, I don't mind. So I think that's where I'm leaning as I've started doing a little bit of research of like, do I want to do. Um, like a blu-ray player or how do i want to do this and where do i want to put it and how do i want to do i want people to see it or like in a drawer you know so i'm leaning towards like making it visible and getting the really nice looking ones okay so yeah that's why i've decided to go all in on blu-rays is because i would see you know friends or probably friends parents uh who had the blu-ray collection and they all have the nice uniform blue strip Mm -hmm. chris stuckman uh one of the like earliest movie reviewing youtubers that i watched Mm -hmm. And part, one of the people who, like, helped me develop my love for movies, uh, give him a lot of credit there, on his channel when he was reviewing movies, I remember watching his setup slowly evolve. He had, like, his DVDs in the background, then he had his Blu-rays in the background. All of his movies, alphabetical order, with the blue strip going across, and he had a blue LED light behind him that made the blue glow even more. Nice. <laughs> and I've always just thought the look of the, of the blue strip across was so cool. And so all of mine are on shelves in alphabetical order with like the blue strip kind of being the unifying thing among them which i think is so cool uh in terms of where to get them though i've noticed like online blu-rays have gotten cheaper you know it's become more of an accepted thing when there are new movies that come out um like i remember when i got dune on blu-ray when it came out and it was like 17 dollars at target Uh, i think it was even it had been like maybe a year since it came out too Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit cheaper but Barnes & Noble is a great place to find cheap Blu-rays. They usually have Blu-rays on sale, uh, especially if you're a Barnes & Noble member. Like, you can get them for even cheaper. Um, and then, yeah, like Amazon, you can find really good deals there. And so if you're interested in a physical media collection, whether it's regular DVDs or Blu-rays, there are a lot of great options. Steelbooks, I actually don't know about the cost of. Yeah, I have no yet? idea. No. <laughs> I just know they look nice. <laughs> they do look super cool. and I know uh, they're expensive. <laughs> they, they're expensive, but a lot of times, you know, Blu-rays will just have, you know, what's cool about them is the, is the blue, right? And they are higher quality, higher resolution, especially if you have a Blu-ray player. The cool thing about them is, is the blue. Steelbooks will oftentimes have awesome cover art, oh, I've yeah. noticed. Like, would it make it, you know, 
worth looking at. <laughs> they the prices the price is worth yeah. it was worth looking. As at. a teenager, I always had posters of like yeah. my favorite movies. Like always, I would go to the theater and I'd ask them if they had any just like laying around they want to give me, and I would buy posters. And sometimes they would come with the DVDs that you buy. Yeah. So I always had those like covering my wall, and this is just I think a more mature way and mm, a better yes. looking way to show like basically a poster of your favorite movie, but it's smaller and it's nicer looking. <laughs> yeah. I do still have some posters of my favorite movies. Yeah. I have a giant network poster hanging in my room. Nice. Um, which, yeah, I love my friend. A Knives Out poster that I got from the theater mm. when I first saw Knives Out. I've moved on to tattoos, you know, it's a really permanent yeah. solution to showing off my favorite <laughs> movies. Yeah. I, on, I, I'm really considering that too. A little yeah. bit inspired by you, like, <laughs> tattoos or some, because I think, yeah, like, why not, right? Yeah. Um, if it looks cool, if it's artistic, I think it's it's just cool to have like representations of your interest in that way. Yeah. You know, the same way people would have, you know, like a, a football jersey hanging up in their house, or mm. I don't know, like a big like deer head if you're into <laughs> hunting. I don't know what what are things people put up in their houses. Um, you know, I think. That's part of what's cool about it. It's like, hey, here's this thing I'm interested in. Here's this really cool artistic way to show off the collection that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think another reason that having physical media is important nowadays, you know, we talked about, like, it's not only because it's fun and it's cool, it's an interesting way to show off your interest, but also movies are kind of becoming scarce now. Hmm. Like, how many movies have we seen, like, they're on a streaming service for a month at a time, and then they're taken off? Yeah. You know, like, do you feel like that's the frustration you have when it comes to watching movies nowadays? Oh, so much. And they, not even just it being on there and then being taken off, but it just, like, hopping from streaming service to streaming service yeah. really bothers me. Yes. Um, oh, man. I mean, I know TV shows make it a little more um, annoying because you watch them for longer. Um, but I know there's lots of times where I'm like, oh, I watched this movie like two months ago on Netflix. I really want to watch it again. Or I want to show this person. And then I tell them to go watch it. And they're like, it's not there anymore. It <laughs> is so frustrating. <laughs> because it's jumped to like Hulu or yes. Peacock or oh. Paramount Plus. I, um, I have gotten, I think I talked about this on our streaming episode as well. Um, but I have stopped paying for any kind of streaming service. I, like, have a few through, like, people I know or whatever. But um, I just, like, rent movies. Like, if I yeah. want like, I almost never just pick a movie. I'm always intentional about what I'm watching. Yeah. Um, so when I want to watch a movie, I, like, just search it and I rent it for 24 hours for, like, $2 somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's kind of been my go-to for the past year or so has been like I pay my AMC subscription and then if I really want to watch an older movie I rent it for like two bucks off YouTube or something yeah I think that's totally fair yeah you know and again part of the the joy I find in you know the physical media is that I always know if I hey when I want to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood let me go get my DVD yeah when I want to watch Memento let me go get my DVD uh because that's you know, like the accessibility of it is part of the appeal yeah. to me. But I also feel like I don't watch, I don't rewatch movies as often as I feel like I should if I were to like buy yeah. a fancy Blu ray of it. But I'm also like, I haven't even owned one long enough to do that because I think of all the old DVDs that I've bought 
And I'm like, oh, I'll probably never watch this again. Like, it's just mm. a poster on my wall. But then I think I've seen those movies again, and I've rented them, and because I got rid of the DVDs, so I'm like, I yeah. think I would. It's just, it's like, a, it's a time. So you gotta the, wait the, to the, make it worth it. <laughs> that does bring up an interesting question. Like, what are the kinds of movies that you will buy? Yeah. Because I know, I I tend to buy like, and we we'll go through later like what our collections are. Um, you know, however big or small, but for the most part, the movies that I own are like good movies that I like. A lot of times I'll buy a movie that I've already seen, or if it's one that I haven't seen, it's one that I know I want to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, especially the ones I have on Blu-ray are like, you know, like I buy them because I'm invested in in the quality of them. Yeah. Uh, Now, ones that I own on DVD, I may, you know, if I'm at Goodwill, and I see a movie called Bulletproof Monk for 99 cents at Goodwill, <laughs> then I'm probably going to buy that, yeah. which is a true story. <laughs> there is a movie called Bulletproof Monk. I did buy it for 99 cents at Goodwill, and it's terrible. Mm. But at least it's a DVD and not a Blu-ray. <laughs> so it's, it is a part of my collection. So you have, what are your like criteria for uh, a movie that you would take the jump to buy? I, I don't think I've ever bought one that I haven't seen. Okay. Other people have bought me ones that I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but I am almost always like I've seen it once or twice. I know at some point in my life I'm going to want to watch this again. Okay. Um, I especially bought. Um, if you know me at all, you know like my favorite movies are movies that I like to show other people. So I pick like my movies that not only I like but I think are fun to watch with groups or yeah. like have big twists that other people can see. Because whenever I used to love it because, like, your friend would come over, like, like, teenager, right? Like, your friend came over to your house, and you were like, oh, like, I guess we'll watch a movie. And then, like, they have to pick out of, like, your curated perfect mm-hmm. movies that you want to yep. watch. And oh, that yeah. was always fun because you oh, didn't yeah. have to watch some stupid movie that neither of you have heard of. Like, all of your movies were movies that you loved, and you got to pick one. Because um, too many times in the streaming age of movies, it's like you click through them for 30 minutes and you pick some movie and then you start watching it and it sucks but you're all just stuck there no one's ever heard of it it. before yes yeah i know Um. i'm i'm only i know i'm only two years younger than you are but i feel like that is that is a little more what my experience was in high school yeah i think of like middle school when i was still living in alabama people come over we pick from the dvd collection but we moved dvd collection wasn't out it was now in drawers and we have Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. So it's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, well, let's just scroll through Netflix and see what we want to watch. And sometimes yeah. you watch a great movie and sometimes you watch a boring movie and you're yeah. just kind of stuck there. <laughs> Unless someone has, like, an idea for what they want to watch. Yeah, like, there's just, you're, I mean, you know, when you're on Netflix, you're inundated with an absurd amount of choice. There is too much to choose from that's just paralyzing. Mm. When you have your own collection that you're choosing from, it is curated to stuff that generally, at least in your case, you know, you know yeah. you're going to like. Um, and I think about mine, like it's stuff that either I know I like, I've seen it already, so which is why I bought it, or I, I've heard it's good, want to watch it, have yet to form my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, it's because I know it's at least well received. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I loved, I think, maybe this is for later, but like the perfect setup is to have a place that you can rent a movie from. And then also buy it cheap because that's mm. what I always did is like I would go to our family video and I would rent movies. And then if I watched it and I was like, man, I want to go rent it again. It was just as cheap to just buy it, you know, used. So I love mm-hmm. the being able to watch it without having to like put the money in. And then when you know you like it, being able to put the money in. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that is like, you know, 
a fair set of steps to go through. Yeah. Um, last thing to touch on, and then we'll we'll go through what we own, physical or not physical, like movies mm-hmm. that we own, uh, is you know, kind of going off of movies being removed from streaming services willy nilly. Uh, we've also started to see as major studios are taking tax breaks on the stuff that they're producing for their streaming service, stuff is being removed flat out. Like stuff that was made for streaming or stuff yeah. that you can't find online is just being completely removed from streaming services. Mm-hmm. And so you see a lot of people on film Twitter talking about like, this is why you you have to have physical media because you never know when a movie will be just completely Gone unavailable forever. to see forever. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, I don't know. I was just curious to get your thoughts on on that, which is like it's a phenomenon we're seeing a lot more of, and you see it a little bit more with TV, I think, than movies. But yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I had like, there's this one website I can't remember the name of it that was like the Netflix, but for South Korea. Yeah, I'm very into Korean dramas. They are my lifeline. I love the cheesiness. <laughs> they bring me a lot of joy. So I went through like two or three years where like all I watched was Korean dramas Mm -hmm. and they were all on this one website, which was like the Netflix for South Korea. I paid for it. It was like 15 bucks a month or whatever. And I watched all of them. And then at some point in between high school and college, they were, I think they either like lost rights to things or they were bought out by somebody and they took all of the Korean dramas down. And they were out there in the world, but they weren't available to people in America. Yeah. For, like, legally. Like, I could watch yeah. them illegally. Like, you can't anything. But we're against that on this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, we support ethical movie watching. Yes. Um, so there was, like, three years. I have this one that I love. It's called Scarlet Heart. If you guys are into Korean dramas, watch Scarlet Heart. It's the greatest thing to ever happen. <laughs> um, but that was gone. Like, I could not find it anywhere. I was like, yeah. I'm willing to pay so much money to watch this. And I could not. <laughs> and the only way that I could was through, like, buying it um, in a DVD. So I eventually did that. It was very expensive because it's a TV show. But yeah. it was so worth it. And I'm like, now I never have to go through the stress of needing, like, my comfort movie and it not being there for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, you know, you see, uh, like, I mean, I know you're involved in the film industry. You've seen a lot of people like writers and directors who have had their movies and TV shows just wiped from the internet. Yeah. You know, if it's on HBO Max or Paramount Plus, it's not, typically they don't sell physical copies of it. Yeah. And, you know, so if there is a physical copy out there, it's like it's important for those people who create it to have access to it so that, you know, they can still see their work and show it to other people. Yeah. Like, how would you feel if a, a film that you worked on that was, you know, an Amazon exclusive was all of a sudden just wiped from the internet forever? Yeah, I was thinking about that today, actually. Not even thinking about this podcast, just in general. I was like, hey, I haven't even seen that one movie. Like, I, my name's in one of the movies on Amazon in the credits. And I was like, oh. I haven't even seen it yet. I should really watch it. And then I was like, I should buy a DVD of it. And I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can, like, rent it or something. But I was like, man, this could just, like, not exist. And I would never, ever see it. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy to think. Yeah. But, you know, like the the corporations that own and produce these movies like they have say over them at the end of the day yeah whether they even make a dvd of them yeah so like you know as we get into talking about the stuff that we do actually own um you know like there are some movies that i have on my amazon account Mm. like i i own um memento like one of my favorite movies dead poet society um despicable me too is one that i bought a long time ago on amazon as you should <laughs> um i know uh yeah i own oh brother where art thou like own it on amazon yeah. um uh, but 
even the movies that I own on Amazon are only available so long as the studio that made them has licensed them to Amazon for me to own. Yeah. So like digital homes. Which is insane. Which is insane. I know. It's like <laughs> I paid like $14, like which yeah. is the cost of a DVD or a Blu-ray, you know, maybe a Blu-ray from Barnes & Noble is about that, about that cheap. For me to have this movie, like theoretically forever, you know, like, but at the same time, if Warner Brothers decided like, no, actually Amazon can't have this movie even in that capacity, it's only going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. Like they have the right to do that. That was part of the agreement that I made. So that $14 that I spent to have this movie forever on an online platform, Mm -hmm. like it could still be taken away. That's like, could you imagine like going to Barnes and Noble and like paying 20 bucks for a book and you buy some like disney book and you're just in your home reading it and then all of a sudden disney's like never mind we're opening our own bookstore all of you who bought it from barnes and noble not anymore it's not yours no. and they just came into your house and ripped it out of your hands <laughs> and was like too bad yeah that's kind of like that's that's kind of what's happening you know which is it's a crazy thing to think but yeah you know and so that's another reason another argument for owning DVDs or Blu-rays or yeah. steelbooks in whatever capacity is, you know, knowing even when you buy something online, like you don't really have it forever, yeah. which may be why renting is a smarter argument if you just want to watch it once. But if you want to have it to show to people, you know, on and on, like I've watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou several times, which is great because we own it. But at the same time, you know, whoever owns Oh Brother, Where Art Thou could remove it at any time, which is a scary thought. It's like mm-hmm. I would, you know. I probably made, you know, the money that I spent on it back by yeah. watching it so many times. But still, it's like an investment that I've lost, which is, mm. is a scary thought. So, yeah. To close out, uh, you know, we wanted to just give, like, a tour of just, like, at least a brief overview of, of the kind of things that we own. Mm. Um, and so, where would you like to start? Whether yes. you own it physically or, or on Amazon or YouTube or wherever. I do not own a lot right now. I own Fight Club. Because it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I think I have a few horror movies because it's really easy to, um, like, make it worth buying because I always watch them with groups. Like, when there's yeah. a group of people over and you're in between the months of August and November, like, we're watching a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. So I own, um, like, a new version of The Shining. That's another nice. thing that's great about it. You can buy, um, I think they, like, remaster a lot of yeah. films and, like, color them and they put them out on DVD so you can own them in, like, new forms, which yeah, totally. is so cool and such a great part of technology. So I own, like, uh, The Shining, um, some stupid horror movies that people have given me, um, all of The Lord of the Rings, all of the Harry Potters, all of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I think that's that's the bulk of it. I have a few, like, random ones that people have given me. Um, but it's mostly, like, I watch Harry Potter once a year. I watch The Lord of the Rings probably twice a year. Like, I know it is in my daily life that I'm going yeah. to rewatch these movies. Twilight, mm, of, of course, course, I have all the Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right now in my life, I only own ones that I'm like, I watch these once a year, like, that consistently. And that's why I, they have made it through all of the moving to make it to where I am now. Yeah. I have a letterbox list called Physical Media, which is my entire personal collection. I have it set to show up in alphabetical order. I don't know if that'll show up as the default, but it's how it shows up on mine. Um, some notables, like my favorite movies I own, Baby Driver, um, you know, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, which was a gift. 
um, The Departed, Ex Machina, The Florida Project, all the Harry Potters, all the Indiana Joneses. I have an Alfred Hitchcock collection nice. that has several. I have a uh, Clint Eastwood collection that has his uh, Man With No Name trilogy, The Fistful of Dollars for a Few Dollars More and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, I own both Little Women's. I own, uh, by virtue of a White Elephant game, uh, four DVD set of Adam Sandler movies. Yes. <laughs> um, so I have Big Daddy, uh, Fifty First Dates, oh. um, which is actually one that you I have all I the good ones. Like. I know I actually really like Fifty First Dates. Um, <laughs> Click I own incredible, uh, and Mr. Deeds, which I don't I don't even know what that one's about, um, but I own it. Uh, I also own a lot of movies from the 40s and 50s that I found. Uh, Barnes & Noble, again, has just like a great collection of, of older films. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to my Alfred Hitchcock's, I have uh, The Maltese Falcon that I found for really cheap. Casablanca, um, I Confess, which is another Alfred Hitchcock that was a gift. Uh, a lot of ones from the 80s and 90s, like Wall Street and Casino and The Deer Hunter, a lot of classics. Um, Citizen Kane, I found for, for really cheap at Barnes & Noble. Uh, one of the greats of all time, Goodfellas, uh, and a ton of Wes Anderson as well. Random ones that I've been given as gifts that I think are funny. Grown Ups, my mom gave me for <laughs> Christmas one year Ooh, on Blu-ray. <laughs> so I have Grown Ups on Blu-ray. Uh, early on in my relationship, my girlfriend and I made a bet on who was going to have the superior March Madness bracket. And the winner got like a 10-minute shopping spree from nice. Target the other would pay for. I felt bad. I didn't want to like buy a ton of stuff, so I just bought two Blu-rays. I bought the Batman and Dune on Blu-ray. Nice. Um, or she bought them for <laughs> me. She bought the she she bought them for me. Um, and so yeah, I I own in total 97 movies. Nice. On Blu-ray, DVD, and online. Do you have them like in a visible space? I do. In my room, I have a. Uh, like those like floating shelves yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're all on floating shelves all the blu-ray ones at least the regular Classic. dvds are on a shelf cast aside Amazing. um so yeah I, they're pretty prominently displayed uh you know whenever i'm back out on my own i'll probably try to get some nice shelf maybe put like some lights behind them make the blue shine what is your favorite like bonus content that you have seen on any of your physical ones that you own our special guest Mariana has one. What is your favorite? <laughs> Shrek. Shrek. Oh, has like the such good bonus content. It has so many. It has the little game. Simon Cowell. The Idol. Yes, the American Idol one is so good. Wow. I. <laughs> that's oh, I we should we could spend like another five minutes just talking about bonus content, which it's is one so of fun. the best reasons to own physical media is all the like special features that you get. Um, I'm a freaking huge nerd, and when I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do was listen to the director commentaries. That's mine. Yep. Um, I think they're, I think they're so fun. I've only listened to a few. Um, I know I've listened to, the first one I ever listened to was the Lego Movie director commentary, which was the director's, (laughs) and also had Chris Pratt and Will Arnett and Charlie Day and I think Allison Brie. So a bunch of the actors actors were also in it. So funny too. They always have great stories about filming. Yeah. Oh, Oh, so I I love listening to that. I I've listened to 
um, the Whiplash director commentary nice. uh, on my Whiplash DVD. Um, I also know on the Citizen Kane DVD, they have a bunch of special featurettes. The Baby Driver DVD has um, like a whole video. It's just Edgar Wright going through the fight choreography. And I've watched that oh, because cool. I've seen Baby Driver like 37 times. <laughs> and so I watched a lot of the special features. Um, yeah, I think director commentaries would be my favorite for sure. I really have not listened to very many, but oh. I always think that I'd like to listen to more. Uh, when I was a kid, I would. I also watched the. I think parts of the Caribbean and Star Wars prequels, all with director commentary. Nice. I know for sure. <laughs> I know for sure I did that with uh, parts of the Caribbean two and Star Wars Episode one, because I remember those pretty vividly. <laughs> I loved both of those when I was a kid. For so I, I stand by the parts of the Caribbean two take. I think parts of the Caribbean two is awesome. <laughs> Um, in the, the Fight Club DVD director's commentary, Helena Bonham Carter is hysterical and yeah. she has so many great stories. And that one is actually like, they really get into like the art behind it. They're all very like pretentious about it and I love it. Oh, love it, um, love it. But even better, the first Twilight movie has Robert Pattinson talking over it and he's just roasting the movie the entire time. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so funny. I see TikToks of it all the time of just snippets of him being like, oh, I hated that jacket or like just <laughs> something stupid that he says about like how he's acting and it's just really, really fun. It's so great to hear like people who have spent an insane amount of time and effort in their lives just to making this film to like I mean, a lot of times they feel like they're just sitting back and watching it as friends and, like, talking over, like, yeah. this great thing they did together. I love ones that they do, like, um, after the fact, like, many yeah. years after they're, like, looking back on it. It's just so much fun, and it, it like, pours the love into it, and then you have little, like, fun facts to say the next time you watch it. It's just so yeah. fun. Yeah, that's where I got, like, I think I also watched um, the one for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. It was, I, I believe it was just James Gunn, but, like, Chris Pratt came in on the phone during it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, got to hear some cool stories from that that I've gotten to share. But the Lego movie is the one that I remember, like... Then, because like, I like this was the first time I'd watched a director commentary, and so then I like got my brother and sister to watch the Lego Movie with me, so I could point out all of <laughs> <Yeah>. the stuff. <laughs> Little like probably eleven year old me, like so excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Physical media. Yeah. Gosh, do you want to buy more now, Morgan? I very much do. <laughs> um, another reason that I don't think we've pointed out is it. Same with the music industry, it is the best way to support artists yeah oh, um great point i mean you look at like all the articles and graphs about how spotify pays their music artists based on streams and how it's not enough <laughs> and yeah. it's the same exact problem with streaming services and the movies they own and which is part of why the writers and actors are on strike right now yeah. is you know streaming residuals are so poor they're measly compared to yeah what residuals are for you know physical sales or even like yeah. cable replays you know and so it's and streaming services are really taking advantage of of music artists and writers and actors yeah. and i totally stepped on your point i'm sorry you're good yeah but that that reason is enough i mean it's the same as like going to the theater like you're supporting directly the people who made it and you're also gaining something from it that is awesome so um that is my final say in this is if you needed a reason to buy it you can support artists they're beautiful. They last forever. People can't steal it from you. They could, but not legally. <laughs> that would be like breaking into your house. Yeah. And yeah you have bigger problems. <laughs> and you get great bonus content. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, uh, Morgan, all the points Morgan just laid out have persuaded you. Uh, and this conversation was fun for you to listen to as well. Yeah. I, 
man, I, I do, I cherish my Blu-ray collection. Um, I, for all the reasons Morgan said, I, I completely agree. I think it's a great investment to make. So yeah, uh, if you have a physical media collection, send it to us. Yes. Sh- like show us on Instagram or, or Twitter or wherever. Like, you know, show off your collection, be proud. Uh, it's an awesome thing to have. Um, if you have like another great story or like a director commentary, like Shrek that you want to shut out, <laughs> send it our way. Yes. Um, you can find us on Instagram at no notes underscore podcast. We're on TikTok and YouTube under those same names. Uh, Morgan and I are on Letterboxd. We're going to have all those links for you in the description. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next time.